the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday night in New York City. And you know what? I'm not wearing a suit and a tie, which is so rare for me, uh, you know, when it's not a holiday season or anything like that. But I had some some things to do in the morning, and I actually went for a, uh, a doctor's appointment. We'll talk about that in a second because you'll laugh what the doctor told me. Um, but we have um, Governor Andrew Cuomo coming up. This is a, an interview I think we've hyped pretty much. I got Joni here trying to like let everyone know what's going on. Joni, are we going to go live right now? Why don't you why don't you do a little Facebook live for three minutes that we have before we roll with? Yeah, you, you could that today's like a three day drive me crazy, but we can only go with one. All right, now roll one more. Keep it going. Thank you. Um, and um, Sam Bellino, you worked your tail off putting this uh, putting this interview together. You really did. I know you were there until 1 o'clock you. in the morning. You edited it up. I appreciate it very much. Tomorrow morning, uh, just because I have nothing better to do, I will be hosting the Joe Piscopo Show for four hours before I come here and host for a while before we roll the second part of Andrew Cuomo's uh, interview. So what did the, the, the I went to a, a doctor that specializes in sleep, just, I don't know, for good measure, and he saw my Fitbit list of how much I sleep, and he goes, yeah, you need to sleep more. He's like, four hours and 49 minutes is just not really considered sleep. That's like a long nap. So that was my, those are the doctor's, uh, those are the doctor's orders, is that I need to sleep more. So Sam Bellino, uh, you know, I don't know, I got to wake up at 4.30 to do Piscopo tomorrow. And then tomorrow night I have Luca, and I'm going to watch the Nets. So let's see. If I get up at 4.30 and go to bed at midnight, that meant I was up for like 20 hours, or 19 and a half. Um, real quick, on my way to the doctor today, uh, there was all this traffic. I'm like, what's going on? And I turned on my phone. I put on my video, and the president of the United States passed by in his motorcade, and I saw the president. Um, he was in the back of the limo, the big thick, fat Cadillac limo, and all of these crazy vehicles that you don't even know what they are that travel before him and behind him, all kind of satellite trucks and ambulances, and obviously what a nightmare for the NYPD. I mean, if there's a time you want to commit a crime, do it when the president's in town because it seemed like the whole NYPD force, there was Highway 5 cops. Those are people from Staten Island uh, who were there escorting the president of the United States. But he was here to do something very important, he pledged uh, $300 million, which is a drop in the bucket, but for what, what's known as the Gateway Program. It is a $30 billion. So let's say he put in, is that, I don't even want to screw up my math, but 
1%? (laughs) Something like that of of 300 300 million to to 30 billion. Yeah, I think it's maybe like 1%. Um, Yeah, 10% would be 3 billion. And yes, so uh, so he pledged 1%, but it's going to be a new tunnel. Um, for for um, trains and planes and not planes obviously, but it's going to be a new tunnel under the Hudson River. So it'll take decades, probably when I'm you know when I'm at Ariana's uh, wedding. Um, to, that's when I, I I played with Ariana today. I went to music together with her. Oh my God, taking a fourteen and she was the star of the show. We had so much fun. Yes, I played hooky to my partners for like an hour and I took my daughter to dance class. So we are going to roll a, uh, a an interview that we did uh, last week. So there are some things in there that are even more topical that we couldn't cover because the governor was here last week. Um, I will tell you, I was nervous. Um, this was probably the biggest interview I had, especially face-to-face, but I did the best that I could. I hope you enjoy it. Sam Bellino is the one who made it sound so pretty. So here we go. It is time for Governor Andrew Cuomo. Are you fed up with hair loss or weak, brittle hair? Invite Health would like to introduce you to Hair Enhance HX. This powerful bioactive formula targets the root causes of hair loss, like stress, hormone imbalance, and nutritional deficiencies, packed with clinically studied nutrients shown to increase hair strength and growth. Formulated to target male and female pattern hair loss with amino acids to strengthen hair and promote new hair growth. This comprehensive formula addresses the multiple causes of weak, brittle, and lackluster hair. Take advantage of this limited time offer by one bottle of Hair Enhance HX as suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com and use promo code HAIR. Are you ready to get to the root cause and finally see and feel a difference? Call now, 800-673-2345 for Hair Enhance HX. Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Correct. On my birthday, on your birthday, the soon as possible, that's the way to go. You may need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will, an estate plan. The goal of Connors & Sullivan Attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a free, no-obligation consultation. Call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connor says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Good evening and hello, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. And boy, is tonight a special show. At 10 p.m., 
on the evening of December the 31st, 2010, Andrew Cuomo placed his left hand on the Bible and in front of his beloved mother, Matilda, and his legendary father, Mario, swore to faithfully discharge the duties of the office of governor of the state of New York. From that winter night in the executive mansion to the summer of 2021, Andrew Cuomo expanded state Medicare. He increased the state's minimum wage. He signed the Women's Equality Act and the Marriage Equality Act. He instituted the strictest gun safety laws in the country. He legalized recreational marijuana. He oversaw construction of the Second Avenue subway and the Mario Cuomo Bridge, the reconstruction of the brand new and beautiful LaGuardia Airport. He was, without a doubt, one of the most effective governors in state history and at the same time turned out to be one of the most controversial. He is now the host of, as a matter of fact, a podcast, a video cast that I was lucky enough to be on last week. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And so here he is sitting right across from me, the 56th governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, who I have to say, for those of you who are only listening and not looking, uh, governor, you look you look like you're in great shape. I mean, it's no secret about your age, but I'm, I'm not going to tussle with you. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I am 25 years old and I'm, I'm not afraid <laughs> to admit it. You're doing your push-ups? Is that I'm doing my push-ups, and uh, I actually had, over the past few months, I've had some time to take care of myself in a more regular routine. Uh, so I am actually in better shape than I've been for a long time. So if you want to arm wrestle, push-up Play competition, rugby, like you would do rugby whatever you want, I'm ready to go. Well, I know you said you had some time, but I was able to speak to some people who you work with. There's no grass really growing under your feet. I mean, you're, you keep a pretty busy calendar. Yeah. Well, I always have, you know, and it's it's hard to change uh, when you get to get to my stage. And I enjoy what I'm doing. So, so everyone asked me who knew you were coming on over the last couple of days, like, ask him how he's doing. You know, we saw two pictures of Andrew Cuomo, the one where you have a blanket around you and it's your last days in office. And then there's the one of you fishing and you're all smiling or you're washing one of your cars. So which Andrew Cuomo are we with right now? Uh, look, I went through a very difficult time. I went through uh, what I consider a very unfair circumstance and situation. Uh, and Arthur, in truth, you know, I had strong feelings about it. Uh, I still have strong feelings about it. But uh, I am at peace or as at peace as I can be. I understand it. I know what politics is all about. I know how ruthless politics can be. So I get it. Uh, I've, I've lived it all my life. I get it. And I feel good. I've spent time with my family that I never had before. Uh, spent is that, time the, is with that my the three biggest years. sacrifice of politics, is, is stepping aside from your family? Well, the, it's, it's funny because my father was in politics, as you know. And uh, I saw the sacrifice as the child of a person in politics. And my father was never there for the ball games. He was never there on the weekends. Uh, he was working all the time. That's the nature of the beast in politics. And this is even before he was governor, right? He was lieutenant governor. He was secretary of state, but he was always 24-7. So I knew, I knew the burden. Uh, I, did not, I did not do it the same way with my kids. I was very conscious of what I had gone through. So I made sure I, they came first. And I spent real time with them. Uh, literally, I was living in Westchester. I would drive up to Albany in the morning, and I would drive back down every night I had the kids just to be with them. Uh, on the weekends, 
that I was with them, I was with them 24-7. I didn't leave the house. Well, okay, Governor, that that does not seem like it's feasible. You were the governor. You were the attorney general. You're the governor. I mean, I know you had stuff to do on Saturdays no, and Sundays. There was some- Arthur, they came first. Now, because I felt the pain of, frankly, a child uh, of a politician who didn't who didn't get that time. Uh, now, when I become governor, they're basically out of the house. They start to get older, you know. But when I was attorney general, uh, no, I made the time. They were the priority, and I feel good about that. And past year or so, I've had a chance to really spend time with them because and now it's the reverse right now they're at a stage well, you're chasing them, yeah right? i'm chasing them <laughs> to find some time. i get it i'm not there yet so look i want to play um uh, uh, just a little clip from something that I, I heard today we won't play the whole thing but bring down that anxiety bring down that fear bring down that paranoia and we're going to get through it because we are New York, and because we've dealt with a lot of things, and because we are smart, you have to be smart to make it in New York. And we are resourceful. We are showing how resourceful we are. So that just gives you a little snippet. It's a beautiful video. It was from April 9th of 2020. Give me a little insight, first of all, when did you realize, like, okay, this is a problem? I, 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 the parade here was canceled for St. Patty's Day, so I'm giving you a little frame of reference, March 17th. When did you realize, like, we have a major tsunami heading our way? You know, Arthur, the most frightening thing about COVID was how little was known. You know, you live life with the assumption that there's a they somewhere who know what they're talking about, right? That there's health officials somewhere in one of those in the alphabet soup, whether it's the WHO or HHS or CDC, but there are experts. When it came to COVID, there were no experts. So I would get, and I was talking to the top people internationally. I mean, forget the Trump White House. Uh, nobody knew. And you'd get different stories. The president was putting out a different story every day. It's going to be gone. It's going to be, it's a flu. But even the top health officials were just saying, we don't know. So one day uh, you thought it was going to be okay. The next day uh, it was 180 degrees different. But uh, in March, we sort of turned the corner. And then you started to understand what happened, which was COVID was here much, much earlier than anybody knew. Everybody was looking at California and China. It wasn't California and China. It had gone from China to Europe, and the flights from Europe were coming here. And they were landing at uh, JFK and landing at Newark. And that's where COVID came from. And then it exploded in the density of New York. And it had been coming for months before we knew. You had a lot more cases diagnosed as pneumonia. Uh, it wasn't pneumonia. This is January and February. Yes, it was COVID. <clears throat> it was COVID. So were you alone? Because I remember there were times that you, during your briefings, you were talking about being alone with the dog, and you were encouraging all of us to be alone. Were you alone? Oh no, I was alone. Well, we had a. Uh, I had my kids uh, who actually came up and uh, sheltered in place was the expression then, right? We designed a whole new language back then. Shelter in place. Uh, so they came up. They were with me. And thank God they were with me because that was my only 
connection to reality. Uh, and uh, but yes, basically, you know, I had a few staff members who were there on site and who were very careful because the uh, last thing that could happen was, you know, I get sick and then I'm down for a period of time. What was the hardest decision you had to make during that period of time? Was it to shut down the city? Was it to shut down government? Was it to uh, enforce these curfews? Arthur, every decision was hard. First of all, because it was a negative decision. It was an infringement on people's rights. It was an infringement on people's lives, on their businesses, shutting down businesses. I mean, if I had said to you, uh, there's going to be a point in time where government is going to say, your business must be closed. Uh, you need to wear a mask if you're going to go into public uh, transportation. I, I don't think there was a time when government has been that assertive. You know, you'd have to go back to a, a world war, frankly. And I don't even know that in a world war the government uh, had those kinds of mandates. Who decided what was essential and what wasn't? Was that a federal thing or was that a but, Governor Cuomo well, thing? That was a Governor Cuomo thing. There was, so, there was no rule book. Uh, on what's on behalf of many New Yorkers, I you thank you because somehow or another – Liquor stores were deemed essential, and uh, they remained <laughs> open. I don't know how you came to that decision, but... Well, I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> we actually argued about that, because I was going down the list, and they had suggested liquor stores. And I said, on what theory are liquor stores an essential business compared to everything else? Uh, and one of my colleagues said, if everybody's going to have to stay home, you better make sure the liquor stores are open. Was there any time when you were scared for you, your daughters, your mother... Every day. I mean, your Every, mother was, was clearly the most vulnerable because of her age. I, I was scared for everyone. I was scared for everyone. Arthur, nobody knew what this was. Nobody knew when it stopped. Nobody knew when the infection rate stopped going up. Nobody knew when there was going to be a vaccine, if there was going to be a vaccine, if the vaccine was going to work. And all you saw day after day after day was the death count going up and up and up and up. Uh, Flatten the curve. Yes, and every morning was, when is it going to stop? When is it going to stop? Is it going to stop? Is it going to stop? I mean, this was like a, a science fiction movie, right? Uh, it's an invisible it was. Well, the one with the... Contagion. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it also reminded me of a, a movie with Will Smith called Legend. Right, where the streets were at. Well, yes. Governor, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to admit to a little bit of a violation here. We were here. We were got not here for two weeks, and then we were here. I was at this desk. I looked out that window, and there was no one here. Everything was closed. We had to bring our own food and all of that. Um, look, what I want to say is this. At that particular point, you were, you were the most listened to and respected person around right there and then. No one was listening to the White House. No one, you know, a few people listened to City Hall. Everybody was listening to you. And then as time went by... You know, people start second guessing. And as, uh, as Frank Sinatra sings in my way, regrets I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. Now that you've had almost three years to reflect upon it, knowing what you know now, knowing what we've seen, how this disease acts and reacts, if you were doing it all over again today, what would you have done differently? If I could play the game again uh, Monday morning. Absolutely. With, 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 three, with three years of hindsight yeah. and medical research, et cetera, et cetera. First, it was here much earlier than anyone knew. 
uh, it was coming into nursing homes by the staff and by the visitors. We would have stopped the visitors earlier. We would have had the staff tested earlier. We would have had testing at airports with flights coming in from Europe. There would have been a travel ban earlier. We would have bought all this equipment earlier. So Trump caught a lot of heat for his original travel ban, but he was right. He was right. He was late. He was late. He was late. He even when he did it, he was, in, you know, he did not go over well yeah, initially. But look, none of this was going to go over well. There's not a decision I made that went over well. There was not a decision I made that people said, great, well, that's great. From my point of view, it seemed though your decisions were respected. I don't really remember any protests saying, hey, Cuomo said, you know, you can't go on the street. We're going on the street. Am I wrong about that? Well, that, that was the challenge. That was the challenge. Uh, government is going to declare mandates never done before and has no ability to enforce. Well, then why are people going to follow? They would only follow Arthur if they believed that it was right. So what the briefings were about, that was in the back of my mind. I'm going to be making these restrictions. There were no police to enforce them. You couldn't possibly do it. People have to be willing to do it on a voluntary basis. And these are going to be the most dramatic changes they've ever done. Why would they do it? Because they have to believe it. And what you're making me think of is trying a case. It was a case. Because you're presenting evidence. It was a case. To convince them beyond a reasonable doubt that you have to stay home. Exactly. And this is why. Exactly. And I separated... The difference why it was different than a case in a courtroom is because you get paid to represent one side in a courtroom. I would say, here are the facts. These are not Democratic facts. They're not Republican facts. They're just real, actual facts. Trust me that these are truthful facts without bias. Here are the facts. And then I would say, stage two, here's my opinion based on those facts. Now, you can disagree with my opinion. But I want you to know how I got there, and these are facts. People believed the facts were the facts, which was a beautiful thing when you think about it. It's not that I was a Democrat or I was this or I was New Yorker and the Republican. No, you were just the leader. Yes, and they, they believed the facts. And think about how incredible that is, where we are now with all the cynicism and politics. They accepted those as facts. And then my... My policy was connected back to the facts. And for the most part, it was almost inarguable once you heard the facts. There were some decisions, you know, that you could agree on the same set of facts and then question. But that's what I was doing. It was, I'm a lawyer first. I, right? Yeah, you were the chief lawyer of the state when you were yeah. the attorney general. So. All of this stuff about people saying you manipulated the numbers and, and you manipulated people in the nursing homes. What does Andrew Cuomo say about that three years hindsight? It, what happens at one point is politics gets injected. And that poisoned and changed the situation. Trump was, that was later on in the... No. Trump is running for president. At the time. All during mm -hmm. this time. Think about that. He's running for re-election. By the way, he was in good shape before COVID started. COVID then interrupts in his mind uh, his beautiful performance as president. And he is trying to figure out how to handle COVID in this political environment. 
he was wrong on COVID early on. And then he reached the point where it was such a big problem. So many were, people were dying. Someone had to be blamed. And what he did was he made it a political issue. And he literally said, you know why people are dying? The governors in the Democratic states are mishandling it. And states like Michigan and Pennsylvania and New Jersey, we still had most of the deaths in the Northeast at that time. Uh, and Cuomo, and I was his favorite, uh, favorite target. target for because every day we were doing battle, uh, and he injected the politics. And if it wasn't for government, people wouldn't have died in nursing homes, which was so mean in some ways. Because to tell someone who lost a loved one, they didn't have to die. They died because government had a, made a mistake. Government had a bad policy. Uh, was it a bad policy? Ultimately, no. again, three years later, we're talking about 34 months after that decision was made. Because I remember, Governor, you giving one of those conferences in early April, and you said, I am sure we're making mistakes. What we're doing with the information we have, we're doing the best that we can. So, I mean, I make mistakes every time I try a case. Every case I handle is I mess something up. I'm a human. What, was the me- what were the mess-ups that <clears throat> someone suggested and you implemented in that period of time? What is the regret that you have that today, because you can't really regret not closing things down earlier because you didn't really, I don't, I don't know if that's, that was even in your control to stop international travel, <clears throat> but what was in your control that you're like, son of a gun, if I could do it again, this is what I would do? No, Arthur, it was in my control to do it earlier, and we didn't. Because we didn't know. So what could you have done? Just stop people coming into JFK? And You know, uh, yes. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> you know, a state has emergency powers, which I was executing. Uh, but yes, we could have said, you're not entering this state without a, uh, unless you're tested. Uh, or you're not entering this state now, period. I could have said that. But we found out too late. We found out too late is the problem. Okay, folks, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Governor Andrew Cuomo. Regrets, I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. Would you like to pick the brain of somebody who stepped foot in every country on planet Earth? Tonight, we've got not one, but two joining Linda Perillo and Kevin McCullough for Travel Night on Radio Night Live. During the pandemic, they closed our churches down. Suicide rates are exploding. Drug and alcohol use is ravaging America. And there's no church to bring the hope. See the new documentary, Super Spreader, how a stand against religious tyranny brought hope to a country in crisis. Christian singer and activist Sean Foyt leading what's called Let Us Worship. Here's a move of God that's going to change America. Watch Super Spreader, available now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 
more? AM 970 The Answer? Go to am970theanswer.com to listen live. Tune in to podcasts from the shows you missed anytime you want. Learn more about our advertisers. Join the AM 970 fan club and sign up for events. am970theanswer.com. I have been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College because court reporters are such an essential part of the legal field. Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. Students complete their curriculum in the new Center for Healthcare Simulation on Plaza's campus and within the best hospital systems in New York City. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It is incredible. If you want additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or the School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. You. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24 7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service, preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour, and we're going to continue with our interview with Governor Andrew Cuomo. In April, May, you're a hero. I mean, that's basically by all accounts, and uh, I know some of the listeners, well, he wasn't as well. I don't care. I, I was one of those people who was scared. I was one of those people who were working through it. He was the person you listened to, and he was the one whose counsel you took, and he was a hero. And did you hear the calls that many of us heard that at that point you should be running for president of the United States in at least the Democratic primary. Yes. And tell me what that was like, and was that ever a consideration, or was that ever in the, the realm of possibilities, or was it way too late to start raising a billion dollars that you have to raise to run for Arthur, president? It, 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 that was the last thing on my mind, and that meant absolutely nothing, because I was, I was doing the best I could just to get through the day. I was doing the best I could just to get out of the bed the next Were morning. You sleeping? No, I wasn't sleeping because you do the briefings in the morning. I had to get ready for the briefings in the morning, then do my job all day. And then at night is when the data used to start to come in from the day from what happened that day. And the data was everything because for me, I just was dying to see the curve stop with the numbers flatten. 
So that would be coming in 11 o'clock, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, and then you couldn't sleep anyway after you got that so information. Governor Cuomo, I can hear my friends and, and colleagues who listen to this show regularly say, how could you let Andrew Cuomo off the hook when he says he the last thing on his mind was becoming president of the United States, when so many people have obviously spoken about your father having become president of the United States and you becoming president of the United States, even under those circumstances, we all have egos. And when there's a public cry that this guy should lead the free world, it's hard to say it was the last thing on my mind. Well, first of all, it was moot anyway, right? Okay. Joe Biden was running. Joe Biden, uh, I had a long-term relationship with. I had spoken to Joe Biden about the race early on and who was going to run because it was rumored before Biden got in that I might run. Uh, so Biden was running, and uh, I was not going to challenge Biden. How close relation did you have with him over the years? Uh, look, in politics, <laughs> you know, they say if you want a it's friend, said. yeah, in politics they say <laughs> if you want right? a friend, get a dog. They're yeah, right. You actually have a dog. I got a dog. <laughs> so, uh, and it's sad in some ways. In the old days, that was not as true. Uh, but now so many politicians just run so scared, you know. Um, but uh, he he is a friend. Uh, and uh, we've done, we did a lot together. He comes to LaGuardia Airport. And lands at LaGuardia Airport because, you know, he could say things this that would get him into this trouble. When this candidate? is when he's vice president. Okay, when he's vice president. He lands at LaGuardia Airport mm-hmm. and he says, uh, if you were blindfolded and you li- landed in LaGuardia, you would think you landed in a third world airport. Everybody picked up on it, is, picks up and they're beating the stuffing out of him. Uh, and he calls me up and he says, can you help me out? I didn't mean anything. I said, what do you mean? You meant what you said. <laughs> And he wasn't far off. Uh, and he wasn't way. far off. And that's what I said to him. I said, you know what? Uh, you were right. It, the way you said it was in poor taste. But the point is right. And that's what I'm going to say. And uh, I went out and I said, he, the vice president is right. Uh, the way he said it may not have been the best, but he was right. And we're going to change that. We're going to rebuild LaGuardia Airport. I said to the vice president, and you're going to help us. <laughs> you're going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And we did. And, that's, and that I actually used as the impetus to say to the people of the state, let's get behind this and do this. So you're talking about President Biden, current President Biden, in his capacity as the vice president. And we're talking about the calls for you in April, May, June of, of 20. Uh, 2020 to be the president of the United States, and you weren't going to do that for many reasons. I assume one of them had to do with President Biden's involvement. And then in a relatively very short time later, on August the 3rd, 2021, you have the sitting president of the United States, Joe Biden, calling for your resignation. What was that like when you heard that the president inserted himself into your situation here and made this statement? You know, he could have stayed neutral. And he says, oh, no, I think it's time for Governor Cuomo to resign. What's that like? Is that like getting a stabbed in the belly with a, with a sharp knife? It is. Especially when you're, you know, you know you didn't do anything wrong and it's a hit job. Well, it's even well, worse. I'll, I'll, it's I'll even worse. He says, he says, based on the press conference of James. Letitia James, the attorney he general. He says the, uh, the governor should resign, but I haven't read the report. 
I mean, how do you say that well, as president didn't, of the United didn't States? Didn't they sign Obamacare and said they'll, they'll read it later? <laughs> right. But I was the senior governor in the country. Uh, Is that true? Yes. The how do you say you should resign? But I haven't read. The well, you report. tell me. How does he say? Why did he say? Because, especially on the Democratic side, there is such energy behind the politics on the quote-unquote Me Too movement. And by the way, there should be. There should be, Arthur. I passed the strongest sexual harassment law in the country, and I'm proud of it. Three girls, uh, I'm proud of it. What I did for my daughter is what I did for your daughter. Uh, So, yes, there should be. And a lot of abuses went on for a very long period of time. And uh, we need to make changes and acknowledge it. And we are, and that is a good thing. But you can also weaponize and politicize what is a good thing. And that's what has happened in a lot of cases, where now you use the allegation to basically condemn someone. And, you know, we're lawyers. It trumps the legal system. Somebody makes an allegation. Uh, the, the political response is, I believe all women. So yeah, well, that's, credibility. We're, we're going to talk about that yeah. in a second. Okay, that's lawyers. Uh, yeah. You know, that's an insane thing yeah. for a sitting prosecutor to yeah. say. And then for Democrats. That's what Tish James said. And then for Democrats, everybody says one after the other. Oh, if that if allegations are loving and what the what the uh, James did uh, artfully, which he manipulated the press, 11 cases. There were no 11 cases, but 11 cases is such a big number that, oh, well, uh, 11 something's got to be right. Something's, something's got to stick. That's exactly <clears throat> right. And, and just for the listeners, ultimately, Albany, Westchester, Nassau, Oswego and Manhattan all those separate district attorney's offices have nothing to do with each other. They're not in cahoops. They don't barely even know each other. The Oswego DA and the Nassau DA, um, they all looked into what Letitia James said were possible criminal violations against Governor Andrew Cuomo, and zero, zero, zero charges were ever pursued. I, it's just got to be emotionally, even though it's, it's whatever, it was a year, a year apart. To go from so high to resigning, like, that must rip you up inside. I mean, just any human being it would just rip you up inside. I mean, look, you, I know you lost your father, but that's part of the natural order. You know, look, you went through a divorce. I've been through that. I mean, that's horrible, and it's the, it was the worst time of my life, but you could survive. But to go from being people screaming, Andrew Cuomo should be the leader of the free world, to you had to make that speech that we all sat here and watched riveted, I was praying at the end, don't say you're going to resign, don't say you're going to resign. What's that like emotionally for a human being and, a, and, and, a, and an Italian-American passionate, emotional human being to go through? Yeah. Uh, look, it was... It was. Did you cry? Uh, did I cry? Because a lot I of people cry. Yeah, I did not cry because at that point it was, I was quote-unquote resigned to it in a lot of ways. Uh what bothered me most was it was unfair, you know. The political system uh, and fairness are not necessarily synonymous. But this was so unfair and so predictable and so orchestrated and so self-serving 
and so obvious, Arthur, you know. Well, let's just let me break that down. So the person who's going after you uh, really was Letitia James, who's currently the attorney general. She was the attorney general um, who had already announced that she wanted to run for governor um, and already made the statement somewhere along the line saying, I believe all women. Now, just let me put on my legal hat. Like if let's just say a prosecutor said, I believe all bald people. Yeah, well, I believe anyone who has a, a, a disability and they're in a wheelchair. That's just not how the system works. It's a case-by-case, case, person by person, fact-by-fact fact basis. To have a the, the chief law enforcement officer of the state of New York, the attorney general, make a statement, number one, that she's going to believe all women. So every woman who comes before her who claims something, it could be a sex crime, it could be a, a, a larceny, it could be a robbery. I, I believe that they have to be telling the truth. That's outrageous. And then have that same individual uh, uh, saying, oh, by the way, the person who I'm looking to prosecute, I, I might want their job from a lawyer's point of view. That is the, the textbook uh, conflict of interest. But you were still the governor. You still had a lot of power. Did you, and then eventually a, a special prosecutor gets appointed. Did you have any input into all of that, that whole process? The, the legislature insisted that it was Tish James. Uh, I said she has a conflict of interest. Uh, I said, from a, as a lawyer, there was a clear conflict of interest. Plus, there was the political motivation. Uh, the legislature insisted on Tish James. Why? Because w- the legislature is basically controlled by what I called the extreme left. Uh, and I had been at odds with the extreme left for many, many years. The extreme left in the New York State legislature has been increasing in power and uh, they were the driving force, the legislature uh, insisting on using Tish James. Tish James was supposed to point, appoint an independent prosecutor. <laughs> That's what the referral said. Yeah, it didn't turn out to be so independent, yeah. but I'll let you That's right. fill that So that didn't in. happen. So... Well, tell tell the listeners why the why you, we don't believe that it was or you don't believe it was an independent because by definition it wasn't independent. I had a lot of negative history with uh, a person who that she appointed, which was publicly known. So th- that independence wasn't independent. But look, it was all politics. I get it. So I'm when you say boy. it was politics, let's face it. Tish James wanted you gone. Yes. The the legislature wanted you gone. Yes. Is that a fair statement, at least that portion yes. of the legislature? Yes. How about Washington, D.C.? Uh, at that point, you have a Democratic president who's on in years. Uh, you know, you you had a lot of clout. Yes, you just informed me you're the senior governor, and governors often go on to be presidents. You think Washington was, uh, you know, upset at all? They shed any tears that Andrew Cuomo uh, was going to be neutralized? You know, I... <laughs> Uh, if I start speculating, Arthur, I will go right back to, to what is not a healthy state for me. But suffice it to say, uh, yeah, all of the above are thoughts that I had. Uh, so that was hard to take. But then you take a step back. And, well, it wasn't fair. You know what? Nobody ever said life was going to well, be fair. I, I could tell you my father told me that maybe I was 10. Yes. And I was like, it's not fair. You know what? Life's not fair. Life Uncle Mario ever say that to right. you? That is exactly right. Life is not fair. 
you know, and uh, you can be you can be prejudiced against, you can be discriminated against, you can grow up in a household that doesn't have the economic resources to allow you to achieve your potential. Uh, there's a lot of unfairness, and in the book of life, Arthur, I have been so blessed. I have been so blessed. You want to put the pluses and minuses down on a piece of paper. I am so far now, ahead. I understand that, and I understand you're speaking very rationally and logically and clearly. But how hard was it to get to where you are right now from August of 2021? Because that I'm sure that's not what you were thinking on Labor Day of 2021. No, no. and look, let's be totally honest. It's not that you are ever, or, or, or that I can't say that I am uh, resolute in my philosophical uh, uh, opinion. And uh, it is still sad to me in some ways, you know. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Governor Andrew Cuomo. Guys, this Valentine's Day, give her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all. Available exclusively at Pajamagram. Sexy, sultry, naturally new pajamas feel just like her soft skin. Even more alluring than lingerie, the texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. Leave nothing to the imagination with naturally new pajamas. Go to pajamagram.com right now and save 25%. Pajamagram will even wrap the whole gift up for free. That's right, 25% off naturally new pajamas and free gift packaging. Listen, if you missed out on this offer during Christmas, don't make the same mistake twice. But you need to order today because last year they sold out before Valentine's Day. Here's what you do. Go to pajamagram.com right now. That's pajamagram.com. Use code NUDE, N-U-D-E, and save 25% off your order of naturally new pajamas. Order now. What are you doing this fall? Would you like to go to Italy with Joe Piscopo? Well, let me tell you about this amazing tour. Rome, Catania, Taromina, Savoca, Forza de Agro, Mount Etna, and Palermo. That's the best of Rome and Sicily for nine nights. What a trip. Enjoy wonderful food and taste classic Italian wine at Mount Etna and see some actual sights used in the iconic Godfather movie. It's a trip you'll remember for years to come. You'll also be treated to an intimate dinner performance by Joe Piscopo in Rome. It is so much fun. Have your cameras ready. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515. Remember, a Perillo Tour is a stress-free, escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. That's 800-431-1515 to secure your reservation on this very limited tour before it sells out. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. October 18th to 28th. one 800-431-1515 or go online to perillotours.com. Better sleep can change your life. That's because sleep is a core pillar of health, just like nutrition and exercise. So if you're not getting enough of it, Zequil invites you to take our Better Sleep to Better Health Challenge. Get weekly sleep tips and explore how Zequil, the world's number one sleep aid brand, can help you. Zequil's Better Sleep to Better Health Challenge. Visit zequil.com. Find Zequil at Walmart or Walmart.com and start your journey to better sleep today. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. When the sharpest words want to cut me down, 
Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour, and we are back here with Governor Andrew Cuomo. I drive around uh, or move around, and I see all the great work that we did. You know, uh, Moynihan train station, Second Avenue subway. Uh, you go through the tunnels, and we redid all the tunnels. And the sandy stuff that you the yeah, post sandy the work, to make yeah. sure the tunnels can get sealed. Yes, but a, yes. That's what, that's actually when I think of you because you know my neighborhood got nailed in, in sandy, and so every and I go through the tunnel all the time, and there's those big now doors I guess yes. that would would seal the tunnel up. So, in the last couple of months, let's talk about your your governorship. If if and we'll do the pros and the cons, but let's do the pros first. I don't know. What would your father drink? Would he just have red wine? Red wine. Okay. Red wine. Have a little or red vodka. Wine. He would drink vodka. All right. We're going to stew the vodka. Let's go with the yeah. red wine. Right. Did he want the, with the one with the straw on the bottle, the Chianti? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, with the right. That's what my grandfather used to drink. And uh, what do you think your father's looking down now after your 12 years, your three terms? And which one of those things that you're rattling off or I rattled off in the intro you think he's fired up about? Well, I'll tell you something that uh, was important between my father and myself. First... My father loses in 1994, and it crushed him. He was a competitive guy. He did not think he was going to lose. He didn't find out until that night, uh, and everybody was sure he was going to win. Did you run until that campaign that or no? No. Okay. I had been in Washington. Oh, right, 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 right. You were and, in the Clinton administration. Yes, and that gave me my own guilt because he only lost by a couple of points, and I believe— if I had come up from Washington and run the campaign, it might have been different. But I was in Washington. I was in the Clinton administration. I was married. Um, I was starting a family. So he loses in 94. He takes it very badly. He's an athlete. He's a competitor. And he was almost traumatized by the loss. He had his speech all written, uh, his acceptance speech, his victory speech. And I had to go in and tell him. Oh, boy. We need a different speech. I never said to him, we lost. I just walked in Where after the polls closed. We were at the Sheridan Hotel. He was in the bedroom, uh, just all dressed, had the speech, was reading the speech to be familiar with the speech because he was going to go down and deliver it in five minutes. Uh, I went into the bedroom. He thinks I'm going to say, go We're down. Ready to go down. I could not say the words, uh, you lost. But he knew something was wrong when he saw me. So all I said was, we're going to need a different speech. Wow. And so he loses in 94. First, when I win, it is his... Attorney General or... Well, it started with Attorney General. But when I won governor, and he was still uh, vital and mentally vital... He really saw it as uh, a, a rebirth for him. He used to say, half kiddingly, half kiddingly, you know, they vote for the last name, not the first name. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they voted for Cuomo, you know, uh, Andrew Cuomo, Mario Cuomo. They voted for Cuomo. And I brought him out on the stage that night and he had been in a wheelchair backstage and he got up out of the wheelchair we walked out onto the stage. Time. Your first time he was in a wheelchair yeah. that early on? Okay. Yeah. 
And we walk out on the stage, and I lift his arm up, and the crowd is cheering. Forget about it. And Arthur, I can feel his grip getting stronger and tighter, and his arm is, he's hearing the crowd, and it's just energizing him, and it's going through, and his face starts to light up. That was a, I'm so glad that I did that with him. And then when he lost in 94, the press, which can always be miserable, uh, wrote his political eulogy. His political eulogy was basically Mario Cuomo gave a great speech. In 1984 at the convention, is that one? Yes. Okay. But uh, didn't really get anything done uh, for the state. There's no lasting legacy. And that hurt him. First of all, it was crap, pardon the expression. But that really bothered him. Um, great speech maker, but no real substance. Uh, a substantive accomplishment. He's a great lawyer. Yes. <laughs> and I said to my father, I said, look, I get it. When I am finished, I promise you that uh, thanks to the Cuomos, nobody will have done more for this state. And I do believe, Arthur, because I've watched it all my life. Governors come and go. Mayors come and go. What did you accomplish that remains? All right, folks, that's all we have for today. The governor and I will be back together tomorrow to talk about bail reform, his relationship with Mayor Bill de Blasio, current New York issues, and we'll end our conversation together with some fun talk about cars. See you tomorrow. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.